Welcome to Kilgallen's Pub, the podcast where I, comedian Joe Kilgallen, like to sit back, have some drinks with people, and recreate that bar conversation we all know and love. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Kilgallen's Pub, also on Instagram, at Kilgallen's Pub. Give me a follow on all the platforms, simply at Joe Kilgallen. Happy New Year, everybody. This will be the first podcast of the year 2020. Holy shit. We are in the 20s, people. Isn't that crazy? That is nuts. Feeling old. Been feeling real weak these days. I gotta get in shape. Now I'm not going to give you all the New Year's resolution bullshit, but yeah, I got I to gotta kick it into gear. Too many times bending down going, ooh, that's a muscle I didn't know it ha- I had, and now it hurts. So screw that noise. No more. No more of that in 2020. I'm going to start eating right, and um, I'm probably not going to do any of this shit. What am I saying? I like to party. Life's short. I'm not here for a long time, so let's make it a good time. All that jazz. But I really need to start off by apologizing because I took the month of December off from podcasting and didn't give you my loyal, valuable, cherished listeners... And he heads up. We had our last podcast right before Thanksgiving with Dale McPeak, which was a hilarious episode, a great way to end 2019. Go back and listen to that one, especially if you're listening to the podcast for the very first time. That's a great one because that dude does not hold back, and it was fucking hilarious. Loved every second of it. And since this is 2020, maybe I'm getting a lot of new listeners for the first time. I was on the road a lot the last two months, so I think I just needed to recharge over the holidays, and that's why I held back. But in January, I've already got a couple episodes in the barrel including this one right here. I had a great interview, interview, what am I saying? Conversation with um, a really old friend of mine. Old friend? I don't know if he's old, but like I've known him for almost, shit, 2010? Almost 10 years I've known this dude. So uh, he's a great comedian. I'll give you more about him in a second. But I just want to let you know if you are listening for the very first time, typically what happens is I have mostly comedians, but not always comedians on the podcast. We have some cocktails, mixed drinks, shots, Mostly beer. What am I saying? Cheap beer. I'm a cheap beer and whiskey kind of guy. And then we just, uh, you know, kind of talk about all the same shit you talk about in a bar. I try to make it seem like you're at the pub with your friends and it's not too serious. But then we do get heated sometimes. We talk about what's going on in the world today and all that jazz and all the bullshit. And, but I try to keep it fun. Try to throw some value your way. You know, pick people's brains and uh, get some, uh, some good life advice out there as well. You know, like you would at your, uh, your local pub. So this episode... I recorded just before Christmas. I was working with a good friend of mine, like I mentioned, known for about a decade now. The hilarious, the incomparable Steve Byrne. Dude is uh, one of a kind. I love this man. He is um, not only is he incredibly funny, but he might be the most generous human being you've ever met in your entire life. A guy that uh, if I, you know, if he was a business and I had a tab with him, I would never be able to pay it back. He's helped me tremendously throughout my comedy career, and. Um, and he's a good dude who's going to keep pushing and keep doing big things. He directed the Amazing Jonathan documentary that's available on YouTube through All Things Comedy, which is Bill Burr's network. And um, he directed his first feature that will be coming out sometime in 2020. So make sure you follow Steve on Twitter, at Steve Burn Live, also Instagram, all that good stuff, to uh, find out exactly when that's coming out. Because it's a star-studded cast of a lot of great comedians and actors. And you're going to want to check that out. Produced by Vince Vaughn and Peter Billingsley. So some big names right there. Some clout. He's got some clout behind his picture. And yeah, the dude's hysterical. He's got like four comedy specials out, Showtime, Comedy Central, I believe on Netflix available too. But they're out there, so definitely check them out. I can't recommend this guy enough. Um, just a fun dude. The guy like, we need more of that. We need more of that in the world. People who don't take themselves too seriously. People who just want to have a good time. Um, people who will you know, literally give the shirt off their back for you as long as you're not a dick. I feel like that's the type of dude. Like if Steve Byrne doesn't like you, you're probably a huge piece of shit. He's one of those dudes. I'll, I'll measure people off of what he says. That's how much I trust this guy. And, um, and he's awesome. And this was a fun one. We kept it tight. It was only about like 
40 minutes or so. But um, I did a fun little thing. I did a different format where I kind of had some more setup questions because I wanted to get the most out of Steve, and he provided some great answers and um, was a real fun guy, and this was a great podcast. So without further ado, enough of me rambling. Um, hope you enjoyed the interview. This is Killgowns Pub, and this is Steve Byrne. Cheers, everybody. Sitting here in the green room at the Schaumburg Improv. No, we're in the pub. The we're in the pub. Yeah, they know. They get it. We're at yeah. The, yeah we're, this is welcome to Killgowns Pub, everybody. Um, I got one of uh, my oldest friends in comedy now. I've known no. you for dude. I've known you for like nine years now, man. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Since, right after the Blackhawks won the cup in 2010. Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah. Is that nuts? That's it's, right. It's yeah. Almost 2020 now. Holy shit. <laughs> Steve Byrne, dude. I got. I'm gonna start off with a weird ass question. I was talking about this with some of my friends. Okay. Drinking dumb questions. You're that's gonna, what it happens. You're gonna get murdered, right? Oh, thank you. Not in real life, but okay. you get to choose how you're going to get murdered. How okay. would you choose? How, do you want to get stabbed? Do you want to get shot in the head? What's Steve Burns' oh, ideal way of getting murdered? Obviously, um, you don't want to get murdered, of course. Well, I, of course, I wouldn't want to get murdered, but if I were to get murdered, I would be in a situation where I would see something going down, and I think I'd be impulsive and probably stupid enough to run up thinking, I'm going to be a hero, and I'd get capped right in the fucking face. <laughs> And it would be one of those things, too, where no one would notice or see it. So it would just be, I'd just be dead. There would be no security cameras capturing the footage of me in my heroic moment. So it'd be, it'd be a wasted effort. I love that because that kind of goes into my next question about superheroes. I have that superhero brain, too. Uh-huh. I've never worn flip-flops in public, ever. You never be- do it. Because I have this thing in my head. You know, when I was 16, I worked downtown in the summer. Yeah. And, you know, massive amounts of people, tons of foot traffic. I always thought to myself, I'd be like waiting for the light to change, to cross. And there'd be a woman with a purse. And I'd look at her and be like, if some dude grabbed her purse and went running down the block, how quickly would I be able to sack him from behind and fuck him up? <laughs> Those are the fantasies I'd have while waiting to get the walk signal. Well, dude, you want to hear something crazy? This, this reminds me. I was in Toronto. I was going to Kent State University with Ryan Dalton. Who Great, you know, dude. Love that and guy. And fellow comic Ryan Dalton. And we were, everybody went to Florida for spring break. And we were at Kent State. And we said, fuck it. Let's go to Toronto. Let's go the opposite. Let's go up north. I like that. So we go up north, and we're walking to get something to eat. And as we're walking, I just hear, like, people scream. I see lunch flying up in the air, like French fries and food. And then I run over to see, like, what the fuck just happened? And a woman got hit by a Jeep. Oh, whoa. She got hit by a Jeep. And people are, like, bending down over to her and stuff. And this Jeep backs up, and then it just guns it and floors it. And so me and Dalton took off, and we're running after this Jeep. Now, it's kind of like New York where their lights are yeah, it's very staggering similar. everything. So I felt like, you know, like in Lethal Weapon, Mel Gibson's running down <laughs> that street, and he's got his shirt off and stuff. So it kind of felt like that. I obviously, Dalton lasted a block. Yeah, that sounds about he's right. He's a bit heavier of a guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I kept on going. And I, I slammed on the guy's window. I go, hey, you fucking hit that, that, that woman back there. You got to turn around. He's like, well, I got to turn around. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll stand. And I stood in traffic, and I go, now, now you can go. No one's going. Turn your car around. He goes, okay, okay. And then he gunned it again. And he got to like two or three lights up from me again. And I ran up. I go into a bank. I go, let me use your phone right now. She goes, okay. I go, it's an emergency. And I called and I gave the license plate. Nice. And I said what street that is. I go, is this north or south? She goes, it's north. So I told them what it was. So I got it to him and then go back and then... um. 
and the woman was waiting for an ambulance. She was kind of fucked up, but that was like my one superhero. That was great moment back. Look at you, man, chasing down a <laughs> yeah. jeep that just pulled chasing a hit down and a run. jeep. Yeah. So if we're doing the Hollywood rewrite, what you do next time is you go, hey, you got to go back, and you can tell the guy's not going to follow through. You take out a blade, you puncture his tires, and you do the whole Bronx tail. Now you can't leave. You know, now, now you just can't leave. Well, yeah. what I would do if it was the Hollywood treatment, I would have been rollerblading in boy shorts, <laughs> and you know, just off shooting from a pride parade, supporting my friends, and then you'd have to go. Chase him down. See, in present shorts. day, not Steve Burnett College. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. We're not doing 1999. <laughs> I don't know what year you graduated college. But uh, yeah, that's nice. So, all right, superhero theme. I've been like an idiot. I missed out on a lot of the Marvel movies as they came out. Like, I saw Iron Man in theater, the first Thor in theater, yeah. and then just life you got trailed off. You didn't stay invested? I wanted to. Yeah. The last one I saw in the theater, I followed all the way up to Avengers Age of Ultron. And then I think, yeah. you know, my wife was pregnant. I had like. You know, the Cubs World Series season, I was just baseball because I was sure, like, yeah. knew something hap- was going to happen, and it did, damn it. And then, um, and then I came back to it with Disney Plus coming out. So, <laughs> what su- if you could be any superhero, who Superman. would it be? Superman? That's still your number one? The greatest. The greatest of all time. I still think it's the greatest superhero film ever. He's the pillar, though, that everything else was based off of in a sense. Yeah, because it was Richard Donner's sense of verisimilitude, which is bringing truth to the narrative of storytelling, not like being campy like those Batman, the second half of those Batman films, oh, the Joel yeah. Schumacher ones, were so campy. Like Joel Schumacher was like, no, let's make this like, like it's actually happening. In a real world, so I, I don't know. I always love that, and I think Christopher Reeve is just the perfect. I Superman love those Superman and, uh, movies too. Yeah, those were so good. What do you think of the latest ones? The the DC stuff. I, look, I still like them. Like I, I'm not somebody that's like, man, fuck the Last Jedi or fuck the right. It's like, guys, these are for kids. Yeah, we just happen to be a group of guys that grew up with this shit so you can't judge it through the prism that we're they're selling toys you fucking idiots so just enjoy <laughs> it a, literally a happy meal toy i've got exactly, all these adventures yeah. happy meal toys it's not geared for us i think it in just my happens pocket, that I have we're a going Star with our kids one. i agree with you 100 i can't stand their popcorn flicks pop exactly have a good time and have watch fun it. I, I like, like the man of steel Jedi. yeah i like the man of steel i liked i like justice league i liked batman versus superman and when you see like the what was it? Batman vs Superman. They did the three and a half hour cut where like Zack Snyder released his cut of it, and then you see it's like, oh my god, this movie makes sense, <laughs> you know, because there was so much that was taken out, and you and then you hear all this, you know, with the internet these days, you hear like Warner rushed Justice League out, so all the executives, oh, can I get another Coke, sir? Thank you, sir. Yeah, for sure, um, it's a good bartender. Sorry, we're in the green room. So. Yeah, no, I know. but um. But you learn that uh, Warner Brothers rushed that movie out so they got all make their bonuses before Christmas, before the end of the year, oh, before wow. the fourth quarter. And, and so it was just a bunch of greedy executives that ruined it. It's like the last way. season of Game of Thrones. They totally rushed it. Yeah. Because those guys were going to work on it. Just take your time. Yeah. I know. I, I hate that a little bit. It's like I understand it's a business, but damn, you know? Yeah. All right. So Superman's a good one. Superman, How about you? I, I'm kind of going, I'm, maybe because it's fresh in my head, but I'm really Iron Man. I think I really want to be an Iron Man. But for a while, I wanted awesome. to be Wolverine, which a lot of people say that's like cheating. Yeah. Because the guy, look, Wolverine's a badass. He heals himself. So it almost sure. feels like, like, a, like a power that a little kid would come up with. You can't hurt me because my always go away. Yeah. You know, he's still a great character. And you're a big Jim Lee fan too, right? Huge Jim Lee fan, yeah. He's great. Um, and Alex Ross. I don't know if you know Alex Ross. I don't work. know Alex Ross's work. He, he's an incredible, you know, obviously he's a talented artist, but, you know, he does more almost like paintings um and there's uh, almost like this 50s kind of style that he has to it where it's sleek and kind of simple and a little more modern uh and 
ultra-realistic and just super, super talented. Like, you could just look at his artwork, and it's like one frame in a comic book could be hanging up in the Smithsonian. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's I Norman Rockwell-esque, I would say. But Jim Lee is like, there's an excitement and an energy to his... Uh, to his illustrations. And on top of that, he's a fucking cool guy. <laughs> Super cool guy. I've never met him, but I take your word for it because you've got great taste in cool guys. Obviously, you're talking to me. I, I love Batman. And those the Christopher Nolan Batmans, I think it's the greatest trilogy oh, of yeah. all time. That can't They're be amazing. beat. I'm more and more... I think I like the X-Men. X-Men were my favorite. So that's why I'm, I'm hoping they get the rights from Fox, which I know they're negotiating for. Redo those, yeah. They redo them, I guess. But, well, I like First Class... And then no, Days of Future Past And then they started good. petering out and, and getting worse and which worse. Which is what yeah. they did with the first run of those, you know? I mean, I still, like, enjoy them, you Me know? Too. Like, I'll watch it. I'll watch, like, Dark Phoenix and go, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. I'm watching an X-Men movie. But I'm not going to, like, shit on it. But it was, like, it, was it as enjoyable as the first two? Not as much. No. But the Quicksilver scenes were badass, though. It was awesome. a great yeah. job. But I think, like, what was fun about Iron Man especially is that that was the first film I ever saw where I liked the alter ego as much as I liked... The superhero itself, like Tony Stark, was so fucking fun to watch. I was like, I could just watch a Tony Stark movie. Robert Robert Downey Jr. was perfect for that role. I remember there was so much hype when it was like, this is going to be the guy. And he just fit billionaire, playboy, but also a genius. See, I think that's where Bruce Wayne was just a billionaire who did learn how to be a badass fighter, though. Yeah. That's the training with that was great. Now, let me ask you this. Did you see the Joker? Yes. What'd you think? I thought it was amazing. I thought he was amazing. I think the film looks unbelievable. I think it is an homage to those late 70s, you know, dark kind of style. I think they got the timing right. I like seeing Brian Callen in and Gary Goldman and yeah. a bunch of other st- comedians in it. But it was so kind of heart-wrenching and troubling. It's like, eh, you know, one, one viewing is good enough. I, you know, I got it. It was dark. It was heavy. You like Schindler's out of the List was like... a film I saw, and I appreciate it. And I was like, this is an amazing film. It looks amazing. But it's like heart I It's like, I'll never watch that again. Million Dollar Baby, same thing. It's just like, uh, you know, you invest so heavily, and then you're just like, you, you just, your heart's broken, so fuck it. Yeah, there's a, there's a few movies where the, the ending really gets you that I'm like, I'll go through that again. But yeah. because the ride has to be enjoyable. With the Joker, yeah. like you, it, again, every, I agree with everything you said there. And it was so heavy. And it really did capture like that grimy New York, late 70s, early 80s type of feel sure, yeah. I was going for. And then you're like, of course, the mental health, all this shit. This is why. And then there were some really cool parts. And then seeing yeah. him shift into being the, that confident Joker that we see later in movies was amazing. The acting yeah. was great. But like you, leaving that theater, you're just like, oh, that's awful. Like yeah, you just you feel like. Was, it was too much. about humanity. It's like, yeah. Fuck. You're like, man, we're fucking awful to people. I'm going to be nice people. to everyone I see on the yeah. bus. I don't take <laughs> for, the bus, but next for, time for I For 48 do, hours. For just for that. I know and that's somebody cuts you things. off in traffic. Like, you motherfucker. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, I hope you become the Joker. Actually, no, I don't. I'll become the Joker. People cut me off. Yeah. Um, I like X-Men 2 also. I wanted to add to that because I was a delusional kid thinking, oh, when I hit puberty, maybe I'll get powers. Because that's when they would get their powers. So yeah. I got into X-Men was like eight or nine. I remember going, oh, man, I'm going to get hair on my balls and I'm going to get powers. That's yeah, I yeah. thought maybe. <laughs> Where in my brain, I'm like, you know, I'm a middle class kid from Chicago. I'm not going to become a billionaire like Tony Stark or like Batman. So like, yeah. I'm going to need something to just happen. Maybe get bitten by something, you know? I think your, uh, your superpower in Chicago would have been you could have picked sports odds. Yeah, I that think so. That would have been your superpower. I was a bookie in high school. It's no not bullshit. As, I remember you telling me yeah. that. So I, I, I think it's... Uh, it wouldn't be something like I can run fast. It's like, no, I know, I know the odds. Yeah, I could break down. Make some money. Yeah. Risk to reward ratio. I'm very yeah. good on there, too. <laughs> All right. Oasis. We're both big Oasis fans. You way more yeah. so than I am. I, I was a fan of them in the 90s. You know, obviously, like everyone was. 
And then my younger brother actually got me re-into them again right before the documentary came out. Oh, nice. And then I went through like B-sides and all sorts of D-cup, deep cups, deep cuts, sorry. Deep cuts, yeah. I still got some uh, deep dish cheese in my mouth. And I was like, fuck, this band is so good. And so, yeah. and like the songs are uplifting and positive, which I think I'm like, oh man, you need a little bit more of that in rock and roll. You could still be a badass up there. Yeah. You could still sing about cigarettes and alcohol, but it's also nice to have lyrics like, get up off the floor and believe in life. No one's ever going to ever ask you twice. Get on the bus and bring it home, home to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think that's from the song. Do you know what I mean? You know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Liam or Noel, if you had to choose. Jeez. I know it, you don't want it. It also like depends at what time in, in our lives you're asking me too. But it's true. I mean, it's so tough because they're both... Here, here's what I love about them, right? I love the tunes. Obviously, the tunes are first and foremost. But thank you so much, miss. Right yeah, that's, that's fine. Thank you so much. Um, but the greatest interviews. They're, they're so hilarious. fucking funny. And I will... There are times where I'll just go home at night and I'll YouTube Liam and Noel, like, greatest hits and... The best. And I think... I kind of like, like, I like, I can relate to Noel because I'm the older brother. I understand what it's like to be the more responsible one. He's fucking witty. He's really smart. He's incredibly talented. But if I were to just have a beer with somebody, it'd be probably be Liam. Because when I went to Vegas one time, I went to go see them. And I was on the same flight as them. And I was going to see him. So I was like, I'm going to see the show. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Wow. And so I go over to Noel. I'm like, hey, man, can I get a, can I get a picture with you? I'm a big fan. And he just, he doesn't even look at me. He just goes... Oh, let's get it over with. And he stands up, and I was like, classic. This is kind of cool. So yeah. I get a picture with him. And then I go to baggage claim, and Liam's there. And I just walked up. I go, Liam, I'm a big fan. Can I get a picture? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mate, yeah, of course you can get a picture. He's like, what are you doing? What do you, what do, you do? I go, I'm a stand-up comedian. And he asked me about stand-up comedy in New York City for eight minutes until oh, our bags came. Wow. And then he, uh, he went off, and he's like, have fun tonight at the show. And I was just like, what a fucking great guy. Yeah. And... After I saw Supersonic, especially, you see as confident and as much swagger as he has, you can still see he's still a little brother. He's a little you know? brother. He is. Yeah, you can see that one scene where Noel's shitting on him by the pool in Japan, and you could just see the shoulders slump a bit. The confidence isn't you're there. You're looking old. You're and like, ah, oh, he's a fucking, he's just a normal guy. See, I've got a big age gap between my younger brother and I, and my younger brother's big on Noel because my younger brother's like self-taught guitar and he's really good at oh, it wow. and he's a smart guy too obviously Noel's talent as a songwriter is unparalleled he's like sure, one yeah. of the best songwriters of all time in my eyes definitely one of the best the last 20, 30, 25, 30 years I look at it like this though the band Oasis it was just him and Bonehead for like the first four or five months before Noel joined Yeah, and I guess Liam and Bonehead were writing a couple songs and I heard Take Me which was okay but they wrote like two or three songs they didn't have anything going on Yeah, but Liam knew that Noel was a songwriter they sure, were brothers yeah. he like, knew all along Yeah, he's like my brother's I, I know I went through yeah. his shit like if I get him if he sees us I'll get him in so I always see on the internet people being like, oh, Noel was the talent. But I'm like, yeah, but Liam was smart enough to bring him in. If it wasn't yeah. for Liam, maybe Noel's still fucking working for the spiral carpets shipping, you know. For sure. So that's why I kind of like gravitated toward Liam in that regard, even though Noel, I think, is more talented. But to me, yeah. Liam is the rock and roll. You for need sure. to have oh, yeah, a yeah, certain yeah, yeah. attitude. Yeah. For, you know, I, some people will knock Liam's voice nowadays. You know, he's older. And I'm just like, I don't give a fuck. You don't have to hit every note in rock and roll. Rock and roll is yeah. not supposed to sound pretty. It's supposed to sound awesome and cool. Yeah. So I'm team Liam more now. And I, I, I think he's just a little bit more fun. Or I think Noel, maybe some of it went to his head. But I think Noel's still amazing, too. I just yeah. wish they would get a It's I almost, tough. But if I have to toss a coin, it's like, I, I probably hope it lands on Liam's. And, but I also like the... Like all the solo stuff between the two, between Noel and Liam, like I like Liam's solo stuff a bit more because it is, look, he's got a team of songwriters, but it's still kind of like nostalgic, but yet still modern and relevant, and, and yeah. relevant today. Whereas 
Noel sometimes will go on these tangents where like Black Star dancing or some, whatever that song is like, yeah. what the fuck is this? It's like U2 Zeropa when they were trying to do or, uh, that, that, that like dance dance album back in that the day. That producer got in his head that David Holmes producer is like from Northern Ireland. Yeah. I saw an interview. Uh, Dead in the Water was a great song of his last Dead thing. Dead in the Water is one of the amazing. best songs he's ever written. I'll stick, yeah, I agree. That song's fantastic. I'll give Liam some credit because on As You Were, there was, uh, if you did the deluxe, it was 15 songs. He was the solo writer on eight of the 15. Yeah. But I was looking at it too, like Liam didn't have to exercise the songwriting muscle. Later in some later Oasis albums, he wrote a couple songs. Born yeah. Different Clouds, a cool song. Um, I'm Out of Time's cool. But yeah, of course, Noel's got the song. But to go thing. from Little James to yeah. where he is now, like Wall of Glass, when that first single came out of the of the first solo, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking great. He it's looks one of the great. Best the video is awesome. All right, let's pause it right here because I got to go on stage, everybody. You got to go. Yeah, we'll come gotta, back. Gotta, I got, I got go two more cool questions for yeah, you. Yeah. So about like another more 10 minutes of I want time. three shitty ones. So I want two cool ones and three shitty ones. You got it. I'll mix okay. that up for you. Awesome. <laughs> All right, thanks, Steve. All right, I had to pause it, everyone, because I had to go do some damn comedy. That's what we do here. And while you're doing the comedy, I never eat before or during my shows. And we had Luminati's deep dish, and I had three slices and I feel like I got hit with a tranquilizer dart. I don't know how you did it, man. I'm holy shit. Two and a quarter in, and I was done at two. But I, you were like, I've had three, and I was kind of like, well, it's so good though. Yeah, and there was two pieces left. You're not gonna take them back to the hotel. Fuck. That doesn't age well. Yeah, and, you know. So yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. What is it sitting in a hotel? It's not fun, right there. All right, I'm um, going off of the Oasis thing. Yo. Yeah, definitely. I just wish. I actually mean this. I want them to be brothers again. I don't even care if they get back together that much. It'd be cool yeah. to get a reunion tour and see them again. But it makes me sad because their mom was such a hero in that documentary. Yeah, I, I might be in the minority, but I hope they never get back together. Like, Oasis was a moment in time that you could never recapture. So I'd rather them just like, Oasis was Oasis. I'll go see them solo individually, but I don't need to see them together. It's not like I'm going to get anything out of it. I've seen them live before. And uh, it's well, like... I haven't, but the yeah. The Beatles... The Beatles never got together. It's like, fuck it. I, there's a, almost like a mystique to them after, since they never got together again. I'd rather I would agree with case. that. And I'm totally okay with it, but I really would, it'd be nice if like all of a sudden next year there's like, you know, there's Premier League soccer on and there's a cut to them at like a Man City game, like yeah. sitting next to each other, laughing, having some cool. pints. That'd be, that's what I more, because I think about that mother who, because, you know, they had a really abusive piece of shit dad and the mom like raised them like basically yeah. on her own and they they all love her to death but the, the fact that two of her sons don't even talk and it's been almost a decade is really pretty heartbreaking there um yeah i kind of agree with you it's like there was a moment in time you don't need to replicate that why yeah because also i mean they're gonna get to back together and what's it gonna be like they're trying to recapture something that i don't know i, I, I agree it's not I agree like they were you. ever a great live band either it's not like you know liam s stands behind the mic stand he doesn't move he just sings Noel stands the same way. He just stands at his post. Like, they were never a great live band. Yeah, they don't really The move. audience is what provided the, the live energy of those shows when they're jumping up and down and all that stuff. But in terms of, like, Oasis being a great band live, it's like it never was the case. So who gives a shit? Like, you get more, just as much energy out of just listening to them than you. It's just the novelty of seeing them together. That's, That's a it. fantastic point. Who's your favorite live band? Oh, God. Well, I I'll tell you, I seen... Okay, this is gonna sound weird. Michael Bublé is an incredible entertainer. Okay, <laughs> he's fucking fantastic. He's great. I've seen Harry Connick Jr. and he's amazing. Um, his New Orleans concert, the the Nola tour he did, was so fun because it became like a party. 
and him and the him and the band they they go through the whole audience and do like the second line and all that stuff. Oh but wow, that's cool. I think like the Killers, I've seen them live uh, once or twice, and they're fantastic. I love them. I just found I didn't know the lead singer was like a big Mormon or something like that. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, whatever. It doesn't bother me, but I just never. It's, you don't put Mormon in rock star. Sure, a, a, a cool ass band like the Killers too. So it's just kind yeah. of weird, especially being from Vegas. There is. Yeah, that's edge to it. them and stuff, but yeah, it is ironic. But that guy, uh, uh, the the guitarist Dave Kooning, I got to know him a little bit from doing this film that I that I wrote and directed. Um, and he he's providing our film graciously, providing our our film with a song, and it's great. And it's off a solo album called Prismism, and it's one of those things where you listen to your band, you love your band, and then you hear like an offshoot solo project, like, oh my God, you can see how it's different and it maybe wouldn't fall under the umbrella of your favorite band, but at the same time, like how catchy and, I don't know, it's, it's just really fucking great. It's, it's an album I've been listening to a lot the last probably year. Oh, nice. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Back to Oasis slightly here. I was just yeah. thinking about this. Nebworth, that amazing, you know, festival thing they basically put on themselves where like what 250,000 people or something like that two days yeah two days it's crazy bonehead says who everyone who's not familiar with oasis he was the lead guitarist Mm -hmm. essentially i think noel may have been a better guitarist than him who knows and he said sometimes i wish we would just said thank you we were oasis and like that was our last show ever just go out on that crazy high note and i've noticed a lot of bands and a lot of like entertainers in general say sometimes they look back on that moment and just been like i should have just said good night that had been the it. biggest, yeah. Like Jordan hitting that last shot, but then he ruined it by coming back to the Wizards and some Fucking stuff Lord. like that. And yeah, because he had the perfect ending. There was no, if you would have written Jordan's ending for Hollywood, they'd be like, nah, yeah. too perfect, too neat. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no way that's possible. Yeah, in no real life. would have done that. Yeah. Um, and I got sit up. I'm gonna I heard. Yeah. Yeah, I started laying down. No, so, I agree with it. I think. I think like Be Here Now came out, and I'm actually a Be Here Now fan, though. I do. I although some of the songs are a little too long. But yeah, all around the world's kind of hokey to me. But like, I would hate to think that I wouldn't have "Don't Go Away." "Don't Go Away" is like one of my favorite songs by I love them. That song. The girl in the dirty shirt. I hope I, I think I know is so underrated. Great song. That would be a really cool song to do end credits to on a movie. I hope and think I say no. Yeah, because the ending's like you'll never forget my name as part of the chorus. You'll never forget my name. Really yeah. cool. It's a great. Yeah, I like my Be Here big now. mouth is a cool song. And then, then I think after "Be Here Now," that's when. There was a degradation and passion, and like even the last one, like dig out your soul, or it was like, yeah, eh, there comes a thing where that. I see this in artists in general. I'm sure you've seen it too, where you almost get too big. Yeah, and it happens in music because I've noticed music's so different than comedy in the sense that a musician's prime is like their early to mid twenties. Yeah, so much of the greatest albums of all time, the guy was 23, 24, 25 when they wrote it. Yeah. And with comedy, the best work is in the 40s. It's Every one of my favorite life, yeah. comedians is like their 40s, sometimes 50s. They're doing their best stuff, more life experience. It's just different. Sure. You know, if you could sing, you could sing. Funny people, you, it's a different animal to be on stage, though. Yeah. We know a lot of funny guys who would suck as stand-up. So sure. you really do have to work on that crap. But I always was kind of like, that's actually kind of exciting about stand-up comedy, though, because we could do it longer later. Yeah. Where a 70-year-old, you know. It just takes can't. longer to craft that voice, whereas with music, it's... I mean, especially when you're 22, 23, you're singing about those things that are so relatable in music. It's like there's basically it's like break up, falling in love or, you know, something inspirational going forward or whatever. You know, it's, yeah, it's sort of really your, just about relationships at the end of the day. Most most music. But comedy, 
you know, music can hit many different emotions, whereas comedy just is hooked on one emotion. It's, you know, getting you to laugh. It's, it's getting you there. But the gauntlet of how you can get there is so much more wider of a net that's dispersed through comedy as opposed to the gauntlet of emotions you can drive from music, but it's really just kind of about three things. That's true. That's true. But three universal things. And I read that yeah. music is the one thing that affects both sides of your brain simultaneously. Right. And laugh, which is pretty incredible. Huh. I know we should have learned an instrument. So here's a question I, yeah. for you. If you weren't a stand-up comedian, what would you be? You know, I've thought about that quite a bit in the last few years, especially. I think, you know, once you have kids, you think, boy, if I would have went left instead of right or all these things and yeah. where would I be? I'll be completely honest with you. I just have no fucking clue. I really have no clue. I, I think like, I think like back of those t- early times, like I think there are people that are out there pursuing a passion or goal and then other times the passion or goal is laid out in front of you and that's what happened with me with stand-up. I never intended to do it, never wanted to do it, never thought about doing it and then the opportunity presented itself and I did it and throughout the course of everything that's happened, it's like even a TV show, never thought I'd do that did it, never thought I'd direct a doc, did it, never thought I'd direct a feature film or, or write a feature film in that regard, did it. I think, I think sometimes you got to just, you know, you know, don't put the blinders on, have a little more perspective left and right and see sometimes there's an avenue that's available to you. You pursue it to the nth degree and see if you're capable of doing it. And I thank God I've I've not just thought, okay, I'm just going to do stand-up. It's like, no, I, I'll try that. Yeah, maybe I can do that. And That's a great approach. So I think because because I've always just had my ears out to the ground a little bit more, my you know being able to look around a bit more, still being driven and goal-oriented, but but that I think it, it's definitely helped me for sure with that regard. But I just have no fucking yeah, clue. Yeah, a tough question. How about you? You know, I've always been a sucker for sports radio, so I thought maybe I'd go into that. I like yeah. how my answer is also a cool job, but... I don't know. I grew up in a neighborhood. Like a lot of my friends are in trades. A lot of my firemen and cops. Maybe I think yeah. I would have gone down that path. But I think at the end of the day, I would always want to do something creative. So it always been in the back of my mind. Yeah. I kind of had the idea to do stand up pretty late too. I, I didn't. I wasn't. You know, when I started doing stand up, I was amazed by all the comedians I was meeting who were like, "You didn't hear Mitch Hedberg's second album?" I'm like, "I just heard of him a week ago." Yeah. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't like a. I was a fan sure. of comedy, but yeah. I wasn't like a deep cuts like knowing who. You know, yeah. I knew a few people who were. I remember the first couple specials. I remember. I remember seeing like a Greg Fitzsimmons, yeah, and like uh, you know some stuff like that on County Central here or there. But I didn't like my favorite comedians were like the ones that everyone in America knew. I didn't know anyone beneath that level of like multimillionaire touring across the country. Sure, yeah, you know. So, um, but yeah, you definitely start to think about that though because you're like, I wonder what path that would have gone down. But I think it's also like but when I would trade it. You know, when you're doing it, you're like, God, I wouldn't do anything else because the hours are fucking amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. You get to wear whatever you want. You can dress however you want. You can drink during the job. And you. the ultimate goal is you just go up and you kind of like the life of the party for an hour. It's and perfect. that's it. And you get to go home. You do. It's the fucking greatest job in the world. It is fucking perfect. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Well, Steve, uh, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Yeah. Um, if I, could I know ask we got to rush because you got to go back on yeah, stage. Yeah, I got to go back on One bonus. If you could answer this real quickly, this is a tough question here. Yeah. Any crime you could get away with, what would you do? If I get away with any crime, why'd well, be a fucking like I'd, I'd do like an Ocean's Eleven heist 
with a bunch of cool guys. Nice. I get a crew together. You know, one guy in the van with a computer. Yes. Another guy. Yeah, I do all that shit. That'd be that'd be the shit. Well, are you the, are you the driver? What do you, what's your role? I don't want to say computer guy. I feel like I've been racist being half Asian. I don't want to do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be a part of the crew. You're, part, you're yeah. a good team player. That's what yeah. I love about you, Steve. All right, Fuck thanks yeah. so much, everyone. Steve Byrne live. Follow him on Instagram. You got you're going to want to know when that feature, the opening act, is coming out in 2020 sometime. So definitely follow Steve on all the social media, SteveBurnLive.com. Thank you. Cheers.